Wait, what are we doing? Okay, from the top. Comics are old. Really old. Comics are so old that they listen to jazz. I listen to jazz. Take the hint. And then there's the predicament of the sheer number of comics that have been made. If every comic were an item of clothing, not even Channing Tatum could strip it all off. All those covers leave him covered. I'm Robin Harmon. I'm Amy Garvey. I'm Adam Sharif. I'm Michael Eckett. And we are your tutors at Comic Book Classroom. The podcast which condenses comic book history into a fun format to help you find a lifeboat off the chaos of the sinking ship that is comics. This time on Comic Book Classroom... Wait, what are we doing? And why are we in some creepy old house? And when did Michael get a cool new hat? Oh, so that's why my head is warm. But most importantly, why are we in a creepy old house? I feel like I'm going to need to cut a lot out today. This isn't that creepy. It's a gothic nightmare mansion. At least I think it is. It's hard to tell with it all falling apart and covered in shadows. Plus all the creepy hallmarks like breezy hallways and weird banging sounds. I know thinking about editing around those is scaring me. Those mice are watching us. Sometimes animals do that. Through binoculars. Okay, I admit that's a little unusual. I haven't seen this much old wood since the retirement home burlesque show. Everyone, relax. We've all been trapped inside creepy houses when our parents want to show us that we've done something wrong. Nope. Oh, sweetie. This is one of those times. So let's try to avoid becoming as scarred as Michael and get out. Or we could stay and record. What? what? We're never together and we're all incredibly busy. So we can either record here and have ghosts possess our legs and make us walk over mice traps. Or we don't have an episode for August. <sighs> we need content. My body needs its contents too. Okay, I, I want to find out what's going on. Do you want us to get a psychedelic van and a talking dog as well? Dibs, I'm Velma. Great! So we can record and then wait to find out who tries to murder us and then everyone is happy. <sighs> what do we record? Iron Fist. No. no. <sighs> One of these days. Guys. Is he in another room? Yo. Hey, guys. If Robin's the first to die, then I'm at least applauding our spook's attempt to subvert cliches. Aw, you're out of luck. He looks fine. I figured you'd eventually tire of bantering and would want to get to work. I found a box that says, open me. Great, let's do that and get sucked into a box world then. It's just a bunch of keys. Not any keys. Those are keys from Lock and Key. You mean the comedy duo Keegan-Michael Key had before meeting Jordan Peele? No, the notable horror fantasy comic series from Joe Hill and Gabrielle Rodriguez. The one about various magic keys with different powers? Yes. Launched in 2008 in the midst of a global recession, we're still reeling from entering a war we shouldn't have, and it's becoming more and more obvious that the reasons given were lies. In comics, Batman is about to die, and we're going to be told to stop trusting everyone in the Marvel Universe because they might be alien spies. So the world, for young adults and teens, is looking dark as we deal with the lies and mistakes of the generations before us. And that's Lock and Key, kids. Hill, a horror writer, had previously had a collection of his short stories published, as well as his first novel. And in the non-horror world of comics, Hill had written an issue of Spider-Man Unlimited that was basically jackass but with superpowers, and it was illustrated by Seth Fisher. Jackass with superpowers? Sounds like horror fiction to me. And prior to his career in comics, Rodriguez was working as an architect. It's set in Lovecraft, Massachusetts. Foreshadowing. H.P. Lovecraft was an American horror writer whose stories primarily dealt with humanity's irrelevance compared to cosmic horrors from other dimensions. But racist. But racist. 
The Locke family estate Keyhouse sits above a portal to another dimension. The Plains of Lang. Rodriguez's architecture background is on full display in the design of the mansion and the keys found within. I like to believe it's close to West Newbury, Massachusetts, home place of John Cena. So we can get a crossover where Big Match John trucks in with some magic keys. I'm hoping for a Kingdom Hearts crossover where Mickey Mouse teams up with some teens to fight interdimensional demons and the villain from... what could they go with? Oliver's Company. The portal is discovered by some American soldiers who are hiding out from the British forces during the revolution. Talk about being stuck between some uncaring, oppressive monsters with horrible teeth and some demons from the Plains of Lang. The demons mesmerise and control anyone who looks through the portal, hoping to use them to enter our world. But when they try to enter without a soul to latch onto, they turn into lumps of metal, which young smith Benjamin Locke forges into magical keys. So if we have some of those magic keys, what do they do? Nothing without a lock. And with a lock? They, like, turn someone incredibly buff or summon monsters. What kind of monsters? This kind! Those monsters are hideous, and there's so many of them. What a horrible sight that we can see, but no one listening will be able to. Are you happy now? Very rarely. This is very unbecoming. I think it's becoming scary. If you could all hold your mic still as you're on away, I'd really appreciate it. This way! Whew, I think we lost them. Or they're toying with us? It's impossible to tell if this is better or worse. Oh, it's definitely worse. The acoustics in this room are terrible. So now we're definitely leaving, guys, right? I mean, trying to get out might not be our safest option. What if this is one of those complete a ghost's purpose to make everything okay deals? So you think we're being hounded by a spirit that yearns to know all about a comic book series? It, it makes sense. Even if it doesn't, trying to remember lock and key tidbits might help us out. You want help? There's a key that allows you to travel to anywhere with a door. So now all we need to do is stay out of all rooms with doors. Easy. Are there any other useful keys? There's the aforementioned Hercules key, which makes you look like Dwayne Johnson has been lifting Jason Momoa's. The angel key allows one to fly using the harness of white wings. The Hercules key is mostly used by men and the angel key by women, because men get to look strong and women get to look beautiful and divine. The ghost key will turn you into a ghost for when you want to pull off the most authentic death drop. The animal key will transform the user into an animal which seems to be a reflection of the person. Luckily people always seem to have dog or bird as their inner animal rather than worm or sponge. The plant key allows the user to control plant life, so you could wrap someone in thorny vines. But they're easily defeated by fire. The shadow key, in conjunction with the crown of shadows, allows the user to bring shadows to life and control them. The shadows can take the form of something huge and monstrous. But can be driven away by a light source. Like, shall we say, fire. The chain key allows the user to control chains? It's not very clear. But what is clear is that a hot enough fire could melt those chains. What are you doing? I'm just saying, maybe all of our problems could be solved by starting a few fires. Or that maybe writers should learn to write around fire as their only solution. The Harlequin key lets you open the Harlequin wardrobe, a space for items inaccessible without the key. So, like a regular key. Except, the key is wearing a mask. The head key allows the user to open someone's head so that thoughts and memories can be removed or inserted from the subject's mind. I like to call it the bottomless brunch key. Wait. The echo key summons a tangible echo of a dead person. The time shift key allows the user to view the past, 
It's like if a key was videotape. Or a handy expositional tool. The gender key allows the user to reverse their gender, reinforcing the idea that gender is a binary. This really is a horror comic. The mending key repairs any broken object put inside the mending cabinet. Word of warning, I put a stale cake in it one time and a chicken came out. The music box key makes a small music box play a song that compels the listener to follow the song's commands. So basically, any pop star performing for teenagers. The aisle key controls a clockwork aisle. Because when you can travel through time and space, a Clash of the Titans reference is where your head goes next. The race key allows the user to change their racial appearance to one of seven races. Ah, yes. The seven races. The giant key increases the size of the user. I imagine this key was forged when there was a nearby forest fire, and the locks thought the most efficient way to put them out was to urinate as a 40-foot person. The philosophoscope key controls a set of binoculars that shows you things like your truest love or your untrustworthy ally. I'm not sure the name is accurate, because unlike a philosopher, it actually gives you a definitive answer to your question. Whereas the falafelscope key shows the user the location of the nearest falafel. What's that? One of the keys just made a sound when Michael spoke. It looks like it has a little polygraph on it. Is it a lie detector key? Great, how useful. Looks like we can also use it as a sarcasm detector. What do any of the other keys we found do? Uh, everyone? <gasps> what did you do? I put this key into my arm and then my arms turned into trains. How would that ever be useful? Amazing! This key coats chicken wings in just the right amount of sauce. Does it lock a little Tupperware container? Oh, make sure you don't put that in the microwave. So, you know those shadow creatures that we, we talked about earlier? Uh-huh. Do they ever look like a giant shadowy T-Rex? Not in the book, but it's definitely something they could look like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's what that is. Do you lie awake each night, regretting every decision you've ever made? Does the fear that no one will ever love you and you'll die alone stop you sleeping? Is your back sore and your neck stiff in the morning? That's definitely due to your mattress, and not your terrible posture and soul-crushing office job. You should try a Nala mattress. You can try a Nala mattress for 100 days, and if this mattress doesn't solve your anxiety, your chronic pain, and your sex life in that time, then you can return it, no questions asked. But you have to fit it back into the tiny vacuum-packed box it arrives in. So, they've never had any returns. Normal mattresses are made of springs and asbestos, which are old and boring. So Nala mattresses are made out of bits of rocket insulation and science coils. Ooh! No more nights of bad dreams. With a Nala mattress, you'll sleep like a baby. Erratically, and with only a 0.03% chance of dying inexplicably in your sleep. Use the code CLASSROOM to get 10% off your Nala mattress. I can't believe we got away. I can't believe we kept all the equipment. I can't believe we haven't even mentioned Tyler Kinsey and Bodie Locke yet. Are you kidding me? We've committed to this, so we either waste time or we just get on with it. I honestly can't argue with that. Oh, we could, but it would take too long, and he knows that. Following the tragic death of their father, Tyler, Kinsey and Bodie Locke moved to the old family home with their mother, part of a plan orchestrated by a Lovecraft demon to open the portal to its world using the Omega Key. The demon has possessed Dodge, the best friend of their dad, and though previously defeated, is resurrected by the Echo Key. 
It poses as a high school student to befriend the locks and manipulate them into finding the Omega Key. It's a twofold plan. On weekdays it schemes and prods, and on weekends it viciously attacks the kids using various magical keys. We didn't say it was a nuanced plan. It's totally a foolproof plan that doesn't create any weird suspicious patterns. That's the thing about possessing a jockey teenage boy. You're still only as smart as a jockey teenage boy. At this point, there have already been multiple instances of sexual violence perpetrated against female side characters. So class, as an exercise, we're going to go round the room and offer alternatives to storytellers using rape as a device, when they have no intention of adequately exploring its effects and only want to use it as an indicator of evil. They could say they hit puppies. They could steal candy from a baby, maybe putting that clockwork owl to use. They can just do literally anything else. Or they could use the pre-established metaphor in their story for invasively altering someone without their consent that you've already created with the head key. The lock kids balance the usual school time woes. Making new friends, starting romances, watching teachers die in mysterious circumstances, dealing with a parent's alcoholism, discovering magic keys and surviving shadow creature attacks. You might think that a magical fantasy about high school age kids would follow a coming-of-age tale pattern where the kids grow and learn things about themselves. But Lock and Key doesn't go that route. The characters don't really change. To me, it feels like a story about grief. An echo from the kids' recently deceased father's past makes them doubt what they know about him. And then this grief appears and it gives them opportunity to ignore his death and their own characters in different ways. When we first meet the eldest Locke, Tyler, he's already trying to be something else, trying to shake off the honest and responsible young man that he really is. And he's feeling guilty about not being a good enough man, and feels the weight of his father's shadow. So he tries to carve a new personality out at school. He tries to be carefree and date a frivolous classmate. But he can't help trying to fix things, or other people. He can't help but become emotionally involved. Kinsey uses the head key to remove her fear and her sadness, which gets her into some dangerous situations and ruins her relationships with her new friends. Bodhi, who's about eight, distracts himself with these magical fantasy keys which he keeps finding. And then there's a run in the middle of the series where a number of new keys get introduced in quick succession. Some of these keys are integral to the ending of the story, but they're all presented in single-issue stories, each with a unique hook. Here, Hill and Rodriguez show how their mastery of craft has truly developed. Creating a contained, interesting story in one single issue of comics is an incredibly difficult thing to do, and they do it multiple times. And in issues where they're emulating other creators, they're doing so perfectly. One issue told from Bodie's perspective is reminiscent of Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes was a comic strip by Bill Watterson about a precocious six-year-old and his sardonic stuffed tiger. Hill and Rodriguez shift the issue into being more like Watterson's art style, and Bodie becomes much wordier. Rodriguez also shifts art style again in an issue reminiscent of something like DC Comics' Haunted Tank or an EC-published horror comic. Unfortunately, there's also the issue built around the use of the skin key, in which Tyler and Kinsey change their skin colour to look African-American. It's an issue about subtle and overt racism, and whilst it's mostly a considered take that displays an awareness, it reads like it's from someone who hasn't lived that experience. If they had, they would probably avoid the trope of white characters needing to live as another ethnicity to learn that racism exists. And they wouldn't have our characters perform in magical blackface. Comics' history of this trope is long and storied. In 1970, Lois Lane had Superman use a transformation machine on her to turn her into a black woman for an article. It's truly a demonstration of nothing changing in 40 years. It's around this time that Hill and Rodriguez rack up the tension as a demon's plan to get the Omega Key begins to unravel, and we hurtle towards our conclusion. 
We've been made to believe that no character is safe, and so when the kids begin to confront the possessed Dodge, there's no telling what could come out of it, and one finds themselves furiously turning pages. The kids think they have it beat, but in true horror fashion, the creature is still around. More tragedies occur, and more lessons need to be learnt. Ultimately, it's an ending that has our characters face the grief that they've been struggling to deal with throughout. People you love will die, and it will hurt. The way to move on is to let yourself feel pain. That's it? Uh, yeah, that's the story. Um, there hasn't been a monster attack for a while. So maybe we can actually leave now? I- isn't there anything else about the Omega Key? Why are you being so weird? I'm not. <coughs> Why did you insist we stayed? Because I wanted to produce content. <coughs> are you really Michael? Yes. <coughs> Fine. We're doing this again, are we? You've had the shadow crown all along? Gods! I also have the mind key, so if you all stop struggling for a moment, I can pop in there and make sure you don't remember this troubling experience. You know, for people who summarise comic books, you've been awfully terrible at telling me where the Omega key is. Next time, though, I'm sure we'll get it. Thank you, Shadows. You've been a tremendous help. I hope I shan't need to call on you again. Wait, what are we doing? Okay, from the top. Comics are old. This episode of Comic Book Classroom was written by Michael Eckert and Amy Garvey and is produced by Robin Harmon. Music is written and performed by the Sheridans. Our logo was created by Blair Inglis. New episodes come out monthly and you can subscribe to them on Apple Podcasts or your podcast supplier of choice. For more information and to see what we're up to, you can find us on Twitter as at comicbookclass, on Instagram as comicbook underscore classroom, and you can email us at classroomcomicbook at gmail.com. Join us next time on Comic Book Classroom as we celebrate with comic book weddings.